Welcome to the Come Join the High Life Podcast, home of the hustlers, the innovators, the gifted, and the honorable, where we stay high on love, high on impact, high on faith, and high on energy. So if that sounds like you or what you represent, you're definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Come Join the High Life Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Come Join the Highlight Podcast. Yes, I am your co-host, Mr. Highlight Films. And I am your co-host, Tramika. How y'all doing? Yeah, I'm doing amazing. How you doing today? I am doing wonderful. Good, good, good. It's every, day, every day above ground is a great day, like it I say. Is. So um, today on our episode, what we're going to be doing... Um, so me and Tramika, we created this thing called the Higher Learning High Life Book Club. What is it, about eight months now? I think yep. it's been about eight months. Yeah. So we got a community where uh, we read books together. We we talk about the book. We share our different takeaways. It's, it's an amazing, amazing experience. I highly recommend you guys join us on Facebook. You can you can find us on Facebook at the Higher Learning High Life Book Club. Um, yeah, so it's definitely a community you definitely want to be a part of. So what we're going to do today is uh, we just recently finished reading a book called Mastery by Robert Greene. When I tell you it was an amazing, amazing book. It's and so if fun. you are looking to be um, the top 1% or you want to be the top in your in your field or whatever you're doing, your craft, it's definitely a book you want to have in your repertoire and your and I call it in, in my in my hip. I have it on my hip. So mastery, it stays in my book bag everywhere I go, you know, because I definitely want to be a master of my craft. But um, so what we're going to do today is we're going to share our takeaways from the book. So give you a little summary of what we got from the book and how it affects our life. So so hope you guys enjoy. And if you want to say something before we jump in, are you good? Oh, nah. Y'all enjoy the takeaways from mastery. All right. Come join the High Life Podcast, Higher Learning High Life Book Club. Here we go. Enjoy. We're going to get into, you know, some of the summaries and some of the takeaways from this amazing book, Mastery. And, um, you know, this book, just pretty much just going uh, through this book and um, and taking my takeaways that I got from this book, because this, this is a huge book. Y'all see how many pages this book is, 300 yeah. pages with a lot of great stories in it as well. I mean, this gives you so much information and it allows you to communicate with people that um, it allows you to communicate with people on different levels. You know, now you can uh, reference, you know, some of these great artists, some of these great thinkers um, before our age in the 1700s and the 1800s uh, and even in the early 1900s as well. But this book pretty much just gives gives you, um, it allows you to become the best at your craft um, and emulating the best practitioners in the field as well throughout history. So one of the things that uh, stood out to me was that they said in the book that we imagine that creativity and brilliance just appear out of nowhere. Uh, the fruit of natural talent or perhaps of a good mold or an alignment of the stars, which means that because someone we see, you know, a professional, someone that has been in the industry for X amount of years and they are sharp, uh, they're great at what they do. 
And we think that, goodness, uh, it's going to be a challenge getting to, you know, their level or to where they at, right? How they think and how they present themselves, their their uh, composure, their posture and everything that comes with it. But it happens over time. It's not something that just, you know, happened uh, over the course of, you know, 24 hours or even three months or six months. You may be in your crowd for maybe even a year and you might feel that you know, you know it. But at the same time, there's still more to be learned. And it kind of takes you through that apprenticeship. And one of the things that Robert Greene was talking about was the 10,000 hours, the 10,000 hours it takes to, to learn. And, and matter of fact, what, what book did he get that from? Bounce. Bounce, right. So it takes you 10,000 hours uh, to, to really master something within a craft within the industry it takes you that amount of time uh, a decade you know and even going back to bill gates you know once upon a time he was he was a ghost for 10 years and he had to really work and on his craft and and learn what it is that he really dominate the goals that he had set forth so that's just some of my, you know, beginning takeaways. If anybody else have takeaways that they would like to share, then you guys can go ahead and share. I was just flipping through and just opened the book to a particular part. And on page 133, Keys to Mastery. I think that little portion there is something we really have to hone in and keep a part of our thought process where it says you must allow everyone the right to exist in accordance with the character he has, whatever it turns out to be. And all you, sh and all you should strive to do is to make use of this character in such a way that it's in such a way as, as its kind of nature permits, rather than to hope for an alteration in it or condemn it offhand for what it is. This is the true sense of maximum live and let live. To become indignant at people's conduct is as foolish as to be angry with the stone because it rolls into your path. As with many people, the wisest thing you can do is to resolve to make use of those whom you cannot alter. Mm-hmm. Which means you cannot control Nobody in their actions. Exactly. So when, when we say, why he think like that? Or why she think like that? That's something that, you know, at the end of the day, we can't control how they think. All we can do mm -hmm. is control, you know, our reaction and um, and how we approach, you know, the situation. So, um, but understanding, understanding. And like I was saying earlier, having that awareness is very powerful because even it goes back to the book, that we just read of uh, the the seven habits of highly effective people see first to understand then to be understood because a lot of the times we want to you know um we want to tell people how we feel on top of how they telling us how they feel but if we listen to how they feel and kind of see things from their perspective then i feel like the the relativity will be um even if you don't, you can't relate to what they saying, at least let them know, okay, you, yep, you being heard, right? And reiterating what they just said, 
uh, is very important because now they hear what now they hear that you hearing them. Right. And then now we can tell them, you know, how we feel. So I think that that's very important. And 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 also I think people have to um they have to not I don't know if this is the right word to use, maybe they have to honor your feelings or accept, you know, listen to your feelings without passing judgment. Mm, mm -hmm. Because if we take our feelings out of situations, we become numb. And nobody wants to become numb to a situation that gravely affects them. You know what I'm saying? So we have to consider, that's the word I would use, consider people's feelings when we're in different situations. And I think that's what masters have done over the years is, is they take themselves out of the realm, but consider the feelings of the person that is around them or the people that are around them. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna go on with that too, Miss Time. Like, that's like go back to the other book, seek first to understand and then to be understood. Like, they gotta, we gotta understand them, but they're gonna mm -hmm. have to understand us for sure, for sure. Cause sometimes we'll go and we'll just, you know, try to let everybody get their stuff off their chest and we take it and we take it and we take it. And then when we go to say what we got to say, they don't even want to hear, it, even though you don't consider them, even though you don't, you know, waited till they had to get it all off. And then even though you heard everything they had to say, as soon as you say something about how you feel and they go off on the stand, go back to what, how they feel, you're like, hold on, bro, hold on. Let me say Thanks. what I got to say. And you got to let people, and you got to put respect on your, on your own thoughts and words, to mm -hmm. put the same respect on them. Cause if you don't, they'll just continue to, everybody got problems. Everybody yeah. got something on, so they're gonna they'll continue. continue to negate your feelings mm -hmm. and just kind of brush it over and and don't really care what you have to say or what you think or how you feel. Um, so yeah, I think everybody as masters, we have to do that. Yeah. Also, this book has taught me patience too. Then, a lot know, more patience. That, that kind of led me to my next point. Uh, it's funny <laughs> that you said that because. Um, one of the things that the book was saying about us starting, you know, in a new field. And when we start in a new field, we are excited about it, right? We are extremely excited about it. But then the great danger is boredom, being mm -hmm. impatient, fear, and then confusion as well. And one of the things that it says is that once we stop observing and learning, the process towards mastery comes to a halt. And that's because, you know, we have these things that's going on. But if we manage to, if we, uh, if we manage these emotions, then it keeps us pushing forward because there's going to be times in industries or uh, whatever it is that you're doing in your industry, whatever industry it's in, you may get bored with it. You may end up getting impatient with it because maybe you've been doing it for X amount of years and you're not getting the results that you've been hoping for or looking for, right? And so it kind of um, it kind of gets discouraging, you know, at a point or even when it comes to, you know, the technical things that we have to learn in our, in our business, um, we come to these, to these, um, we come to the role where now we got to manage these emotions. And once we continue to push through, then that's when 
you start to see, you know, results. But that's what also separate the masters from the amateurs as well. And that's why uh, this book, I love the fact that it broke it down. It says, hey, you got the apprenticeship phase, you got the creative active phase, and then you got mastery. Because you got to realize, hey, in the apprenticeship phase, whether you feel like you know something, uh, you, you, you know more than the next person, whatever the case may be, you still have to learn, continuous knowledge. And so that right there, it, it really resonated with me because it don't matter how long you done been in the industry, three, five years, there's still things to be learned. So it's the part where you said to get bored. I was going to say that, that kind of like it reiterated in the book. So you got to be childlike. Kids, mm-hmm. They don't be when they like something, they don't get bored on it. It, it could do it. They find something else. If it ain't nothing. But I remember back when I was younger, I was I wasn't the only child, but my brother was 13 years older than me. So he was pretty much gone when I was growing up. So it was like it was time where I was just home by myself and all I had was my toys. I ain't had nothing but some wrestling. I had some wrestling men, you know, the WWF men and the little wrestling ring, and I had some army men. And guess what I used to do with the, the wrestling men and the army men? When I couldn't figure out when I was bored with just doing the wrestling and they were wrestling each other, and then I get over here with the army men and do their thing. I used to make them play football against each other. I line up <laughs> like football. Like, you know, my imagination is it, just you gotta put some respect. So it's like as long as you stay childlike, you ain't gotta mm-hmm. worry about. You know, I like how he reiterated that. Like when we childlike, we don't be thinking about how boring it is or how. Te- oh, I just I'm gonna start learning a new language. We ain't gonna be like, oh my god, this is too much to learn. We're gonna be like, oh, I can't wait to learn this new word. I want to learn how to say pizza in in Spanish, or I want to learn how to say taco in Spanish. Like you know what I mean? Just whatever. And you know that's why I just wanted to, to piggyback on what you just said about you know, you know, uh, being getting bored. And that's what some people struggle with is the part where you get bored or you look at it like, oh my god. Look at Serena Williams. She already winning stuff when she was 17. I'm I just started. I'm 21. And I know I can't be like as good as Serena. Like you got to put in them 10,000 hours. Like you got to do what Serena would do. Serena did it. She just got a head start on you. So you gotta, who knows? You might unlock something that you can cut that down into 5,000 hours. You never know. But you know, you just gotta get out here and live. And and like just I just wanted to say that when you had said that to stay childlike. But um, a part about this book that I love the most, my part, well, not a part, but the story of Leonardo da Vinci. Mm. Like, that story, he broke it down throughout the book and it made me want to go watch the, the documentary about Leonardo da Vinci, but it just like the part about being an illegitimate child. Because if that was the case, a lot of us would be illegitimate childs because a lot of our parents, my parents were, were married when I was born but they did get a divorce before I turned, before I was six. So I would have been, if it was still the same rules, I wouldn't have been allowed to go to high school or go to college. Or I would have had to go find mm-hmm. something else to do because I'm an Ill, a illegitimate child because society tell me that I'm an illegitimate child. And society will tell you right now that you are illegitimate. They said they just call you something else. <laughs> they got plenty of names for illegitimate. You know what I mean? So, but um, the one thing that Leonardo said, one of his quotes in the beginning of the book was, one can have no smaller or greater mastery than mastery of oneself. Mm. When he said that, I was like, you could talk all, you could talk about me. You can say all this and all that. You can, you can 
go get your million before I get my million. You can go get a billion before I get mine. And that is all fine. But at the end of the day, the only competition I have is with myself. Is is overcoming myself and my 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 weaknesses and my my uh strengths and learning how to put two and two together and learning how to where I'm weak at, learning how to either shore that up or get stronger in something else. You notice when somebody has a disability, something else, another sense goes and gets heightened. So mm-hmm. just being aware of yourself and constantly learning yourself, just like the story we heard yesterday about. Uh, he was writing the book about weather and um about the the, the uh, devil. He had to deal with the devil, and the, and he would uh, only time he got he got to cash in or give his soul to the devil is when he's content. When he said, you know what, I got everything, I'm good. That's when he got up. Until then, he get whatever he want. That, that just goes to show you. Until you say, you know what, I'm done with this. That's when you know. That's when you got to pay. Not saying that you're gonna go to the devil or you're gonna go to heaven or whatever. Once you stop living and start saying that you know it all and it's all good, you know that, don't tell you that. Like, you ever notice older people, like old men or old women, when they get old and you like, well, you try to tell them something, like, I don't want to hear that, I don't want to hear that. And you notice they, they help just deteriorate more because they don't want to know no more. They don't want to hear that. They don't wanna, okay, you don't want to hear nothing. You don't want to learn nothing. Okay, well, you need to move on to the side. That's, I feel like that's what divine order or, or that's what God or whatever, however you want to call it, because I want to be, I ain't trying to get politically correct or you know religiously correct. I just want to keep it as open and, and and clear as possible. Like until you figure that out, man, you're gonna be a lost soul. You're gonna be out here, you know, wishing upon a star. And a wish ain't nothing but a a goal with no intent behind it. So I just like that part of the story about Leonardo. And it was a uh, another quote he said. Um, it was another thing here about about seeds in our mind. Where is it? Where is it? I had it in my notes. But it's saying how our minds, our minds are limited, right? So our minds are limited, but being having random external stimuli leads us to associations we cannot come on by our own. Like when I when it says that, it was like, you know, you can there's ideas out here, there's ways to get money, but if you're not tapped in into someone that's looking for abundance, like was it this book that we were reading where they was talking about, you know, I think that was uh, the science of getting rich. Like, you can say you want money and you can just laugh it away. But if you say you want something, there's somebody in China that's going to be digging, a, a looking for gold, or it's going to be somebody else that's doing everything that needs to be done for the money to get to your account. But for you to get that money to your account, you got to believe that the money coming. You don't know how the heck it's coming. You got to know that it's coming. It's and coming. that's what I like about this book. It just reassures you. Because like you say, True, when you go through that apprenticeship phase, you don't know. You don't even know if this is the right thing to be doing. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of the, the world going to look at you. Why are you doing it for that much? I remember we were talking to somebody and they were like, they doing stuff and they were like, everybody else is telling them, you know, this ain't it. Why you ain't getting more money than you think you're supposed to be getting? And they tell them like, I believe in it. That's why I'm I'm okay with not getting the money right now because I believe in it. And people are gonna tell you, well, yeah, you. If I were you, I wouldn't do that. Well, if I were you, I wouldn't do it either. But I'm not you. You are you, and you are me. And it's it's just cool to know that you know having a you know a, a mind that's open, you and open to newer things. Like you can learn, you can only learn so much. And once you learn that one subject, it's like your mind will will automatically open up to other stuff. You don't know what you don't know because you didn't put the pieces together. Like True said yesterday, 
It's about putting the puzzles together. It's, life is a puzzle and you got to put it together. Just because I'm teaching this, this right here, I'm te I might be teaching you a life lesson and you don't even know it. And I'm just telling you about, you know, uh, washing your hands after, after every meal or washing your hands before every meal. I'm not trying to do nothing to, you know, tell you no wrong. I'm teaching you a life lesson. So now you know, okay, I got to wash my hands before every meal. Okay. Yeah. Also, if I do anything else, when I got to touch somebody else, I need to wash my hands because I got to touch them. You know, it's like, I ain't got to tell you that. But you putting two and two together. And that's mm -hmm. why I, I love about mastery is like the mastery of your life. Like, just know that can't nobody tell you how to live your life. They can give you some advice. They can give you some of their experiences and all that good stuff, but they cannot tell you how to live your life. You got to master yourself and master your life and master everything that comes with that and be okay with other people's opinion and don't take it personal and don't take it like it got to happen just like that because it happened like that for them. It's your, right. it's your life. So mm -hmm. I, I love that his story in this book that was like, yeah. You know, I um another takeaway for me is right at the beginning of this book, right after the introduction on page 19, page 19 is not numbered, but it says number one, discover your calling the life's task. You possess a kind of inner force that seeks to guide you toward your life's task, what you are meant to accomplish in that time that you have to live. In childhood, this force, this force was clear to you. It directed you towards activities and subjects that fit your natural inclinations, that sparked a curiosity that was deep and primal. In the intervening years, the, the force tends to fade in you and out as you listen more to parents and peers to the daily anxieties that wear away at you. This can be a source of your unhappiness, your lack of connection to who you are and what makes you unique. The first move toward mastery is always inward. Learning who you are and reconnecting with that innate force. And I call that force the universal or divine force. Um, knowing it with clarity, you will find your way to the proper career path and everything else will fall into place. It's never too late to start the process. So like you said, y'all said earlier, it's never too late to start where you are. Um, but you have to discover your life's purpose, your life's task, in order to map to become a master. I don't think that you can become a master without knowing that. Because mm -hmm. once you know your life's task, you're now able to teach other people. And that's what masters do. Masters teach. We forever learn, but we teach as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that. Um, that. That really kicked it off for us at the beginning of the book. Oh, hey, yeah. I got something to go right along with that, Miss Tani. On 231, it say, by constantly reminding yourself of your purpose, you will prevent yourself from fetishizing certain techniques or from becoming overly obsessed with trivial details. In this way, you will play into the natural strengths of your of the human brain, which wants to look for connections on higher and higher levels. Yep. <laughs> I say he was tying this book together like a like a straight bow tie for a present. Right. Like, yeah. like one of them pretty big Christmas bowls. Okay. And all the knowledge is in the bowl. Facts. Mm -hmm. Hey, true. You know one of my favorite, my favorite uh parts in this book was um it was when we we're talking about social intelligence, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And the part where it says, suffer fools gladly. And, <laughs> and it, it, it just, when I say I needed that, y'all, because I don't suffer some fools this week gladly. And I, I'm happy that I was okay with it. Because it says that in dealing with fools, you must adopt the following philosophy. They are simply a part of life, like rocks, furniture. All right. of us have, <laughs> it says all of us have foolish sides. Moments in which we lose our head and think more of our ego or short-term goals. It is human nature. Seeing this foolishness within you, you can accept, then accept it in others. This will allow you to smile at their antics, to tolerate their presence as you would a silly child, and to avoid the madness of trying to change them. Suffer fools gladly. If y'all ain't learned nothing from mastery, because while you're going through this mastery and you, you're going into your craft and they wonder why you've been an apprentice and you're not getting paid because you're doing an internship and you you got a mission that you own just because you want to be connected to someone and they don't understand the value that the person brings. You got to be okay with that. You got to laugh and like, you know what? If I were you, I probably think that same way too, but I'm not you. So, <laughs> so yeah. for you, fool. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. either one of you all read the acknowledgments of the book? Yeah, not to mind the end. Yeah. 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 You know what I like up here? And it's because it's he's this person is relevant to today. Um, it said at the top, along the way, several people contributed with their advice and ideas. First on the list would have been 50 Cent. <laughs> you know, he's a brilliant young man. Yeah. And it says our discussions back in 2007 planted the seed for this book. Wow. 50's literary agent played his usual mid like midwife role in the early stages. So he, you know, he tapped into yesteryears uh masters and today's masters. But if he went in a you say he was he was a 50s literary agent. So if yeah. he went and wrote a book and had an agent, they would right. met and he would have never exactly. Wrote book. Exactly. And then when you go down hmm. to the next paragraph, hmm. It says, I am, of course, eternally grateful to the contemporary masters who agreed to be interviewed for this book. I had made it a condition to all interviews be conduct that all interviews be conducted in person and, and with no real time limit, and that the interview subjects had to be as candid as possible about their creative process, their early struggles, even their failures along the way. All of the people I interviewed were extremely generous with their time and gracious in dealing with my often irritating questions. This display, displayed the kind of open spirit that I believe plays an essential role in mastery and success in life. That, that whole, that paragraph says a lot about this entire book. You know what? One of the things that, um, that Mr. Highlife and I is in the middle of doing is getting an author on uh on the book club we want to bring an author on the book club and um so I we're, working on, that. we're working on that i reached out to robert green i reached out to a lot of the people that we done did books who i done reached out to them i just i like to shoot my shot they're gonna come or they're not you know mm -hmm. if we have more people on here and more and they see you know people watching so if they see us on here and we moving as more of a community they can see that the community shows up they definitely gonna come so i'm not mm -hmm. even, i know that's gonna happen 
I just don't know when. And I, I'm going every book that we read, just know if the author alive, I'm reaching out. Ray Dalio is alive, so yep. that's my next book. I'll be reaching Patrick out. Patrick David alive. And I, I, I think that's actually Patrick Bed David. We talked to his his partner. So yep, yep. All that. I like, think that says something about um the authors, the books that we read. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when a person writes this in their book, and that's all a part of mastery. In a sense, we're all authors of our own story in life, mm -hmm. and we have to be open enough to admit our successes as well as our failures in order to help other people in life. But I just, the, the last part, you know, the acknowledgements, I read through each person, all of the master um, biographies. Mm -hmm. um, and then like the selected bibliography, there's things in there that we can tap into right there. That's a that whole section that of book. books. That selected biography, I took that list with me when I went to the, uh, we got a bookstore up here called the Friends of the Jacksonville Library and the book, uh -huh. like a dollar, two dollars, stuff like that. When I tell you I had this whole list and I was going through the <laughs> list, <laughs> I got a couple. I got Henry Ford. I got, who else I had got? I got uh, Marcus Aurelius. I got I got a couple of uh, heavy hitters, uh, Andrew Jackson. Um, when we were reading about- uh, We need another bookshelf. Uh, Adams, uh, Samuel <laughs> Adams, like I was going in and, I, and I, I looked at this when we were, and then it's crazy because in the, in the end of this book as well, he got the beginning of another book. It's the book, yes. uh, the, four, the what is it? The 48 Laws of Power? Uh, yes. Laws of, I mean, the, the laws oh. of nature. So that was pretty cool that he put that in the back of that too. That was like a, like something I'm going to, I'm going to take and use. I just learned from a master to put the, the intro to your next book. And, and into the into the future and that exactly yeah, so yeah. you know this book was full 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 of great nuggets with a lot of wisdom a lot of knowledge um just a lot of life lessons and in teaching all of us to be masters and when i tell people about this book and as y'all can see my little gold has gone it is gone <laughs> It, it, I don't know where it went, but it's gone. <laughs> but this book <laughs> was wonderful. Um, it really opened my eyes to a lot. And I hope everybody got as much out of it as I got and more. Yes, yes, absolutely. Sometimes it's gonna take it's gonna take you maybe another time or two to really for this book to hit, you know, some people. And that's okay. That is okay. So that's why I highly recommend that you guys read this book at least once a year, at and least. And I'll be buying a new one. And this book gave me some uh, <laughs> another good book to read too, and I, I wanted to put some respect on that too because on page ninety six, it gave us a nice little nugget, and oh, I, was, I cut that go across my head, and it said, uh, and he said it was talking about Michael Faraday. And, you know, he was having a rough time, you know, being an apprentice and all. He, could, he was trying to figure out his way. And he said, then in 1809, a mm -hmm. book came into the shop that finally gave him some hope. It was called Improvement of the Mind, a self-help guide by Reverend Isaac Watts, first published in 1741. The book revealed a system of learning and improving your lot in life, no matter your social class. It prescribed courses of action that anyone could follow, and it promised results. 
Faraday read it over and over, carrying it with him wherever he went. <laughs> Look, y'all. Look, I carry this book everywhere I go. When I tell you I love this book just as much as I love mastery, just as much as I love Outwit the Devil, like this is one of my new favorite books. And it comes from mastery. It's like, and I, I gotta get that one, girl. girl I had to say it like that, girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can and I know with... you, and I know you don't mean that in no disrespectful way. But it's like, girl, you gotta get that. <laughs> like this book right here, I could tell by just a little bit of time that I, I tell you, I carry it everywhere I go. I promise you, more than I carry any other book, it's always on me. But this book right here, it, I can see it improving my mind. I can see how I. I, I keep remembering stuff from mastery. I keep remembering stuff from the science, um, the power of the subconscious mind. I keep remembering stuff from the four agreements. I keep remembering stuff from all these books that we've been reading. Uh, the, your first, your next five moves, Patrick Bad David. Like it's all making sense. And whenever I'm going through something or whenever I'm figuring something out, I automatically just go to these books and start pulling because I'm constantly thinking of how I can improve my mind my inclination is to improve my mind word of the day inclination so my inclination is to always be forever learning and you know get more knowledge and i'm a seeker of knowledge i want infinite knowledge i know it ain't no such thing but i want it so i'm a, my life task my life task is to get as much knowledge as possible and then filter it to the people that need to hear it the most so you know what something you just said that you want infinite knowledge and you don't think that that's, that's true. Definitely. It is actually true yeah. because when we leave this life, we go on to the next level of life and all of that knowledge we have in spirit goes with us. So we, that is infinite knowledge. So you got to look at it that way. I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, improving wow. my mind. That's why I hang around. The book say you need to hang around people that, that always pushing you and always improving. You. Don't hang around nobody lower than you unless you're trying to help them get up to the same level. Like, that's and that's that's something my auntie taught me is our knowledge is infinite. So when we move to that next level of life, we take that knowledge with us. We never leave anything behind because we have been steadily evolving through the levels of life. You know how they always say about little kids, especially like the little boy on Instagram, Samaj. Samaj done been here before, <laughs> but, and that's how it is. We all have been here before because we have deja vu moments where I feel like I've done that before. You have done it before, just not in this particular form, but you've done it in previous forms so infinite wisdom is always yeah i was infinite just saying knowledge. Like, infinite as in not just learning one thing that was all i was you know like you know stuck on one subject like if i yeah if all I know is photography and i just stayed at that then that's not infinite knowledge me that's fine no me you know like learning about sciences learning about art learning about politics learning about social uh communication emotional intelligence mm -hmm. Learning about stuff like that. That's what I was saying, though. Oh, you, well, I'm I, I sorry. I agree. just took it a, no, I no, took no. It a little bit deeper. <laughs> no, because I, I agree with that. And, and you're absolutely right. So it, I just wanted to clarify. So, you know. Okay. So everybody knows. I just 
that's that's I, I want to be a renaissance man if that makes sense yes right? mm-hmm. I be a, renaissance man where, a universal man universal man yeah <laughs> and that's what I want my kids to be. I want them to be universal men and women where I don't want them to say, I am this. I want you to always be saying, I am evolving. There is no what I am. I It is me because I am that. I am right. him. I am her. Like, you know, I am. Just like God said, I am. So when he said it, that's what it was. So when you say you are something, that's what it is. That's why I prefer to say I am forever evolving and I'm forever mm-hmm doing wanting to get better i'm forever wanting to improve my mind my body my spirit my emotions my relationships my everything you feel me so yeah man that that's an amazing mindset to have because you got a lot of people right now that's just winging it that's just going through life they are not looking to get better um they not even understanding you know what life is really because they're just winging it they just going through time letting time pass by you know Mm -hmm. um and at the end of the day that is you know their perspective on on life um and maybe they don't have the right people in their life guiding them in 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 a way uh that's a little bit more beneficial for them and like you said mr high life life is long if you know how to live it so um that's a nice quote that's a nice quote let me let me write that one down (laughs) That's Seneca. That's a, yes. that's, a, that's a philosopher named Seneca. I got his book. Oh. It's in the library, and it's, it's called uh, the uh, the shortness of life. Mm. The shortness of life. He say life is long only if you know how to use it. <laughs> so, um, I want to before we get out of here, I just wanted to hit on another key point, and then I do have a quote as well, and so, um. Some strategies for completing the ideal apprenticeship. So one of the strategies is, as we are uh, discussing right now, is keep expanding your horizon. And so, which means, you know, keep learning, keep learning. Uh, There's always things to be learned. Even when you feel like you're stuck and don't know, you know, what way to go, there's always things to be learned. And then trust the process. You got to trust that you are going in the right direction. Um, if you were excited about something, excited about a career, obviously you were excited for a reason. So convert back to that excitement. What got you excited in the first place? Um, and then move towards that resistance and pain. And one of the things that it says in the book is once we get good at a part of a skill, we tend to just do that since it's easy and it's familiar. We avoid our weaknesses and that prevents us from learning. Instead, we must follow the resistant path, fighting against where we want to go and make it more challenging for ourselves. And that's the only way that we're going to grow, y'all. We have to go through that resistance and that pain. And I'm talking to myself as well. You know, I feel resistance. I feel, you know, pain in certain areas and I have to continue to move towards that because that is what make you better. And then apprentice yourself and failure. It's okay, you know, to fail at something. That's where you grow as well. And what it says is, it says, when a machine malfunctions, it shows you where you need to improve it. Treat your own failures the same way as opportunities 
for improvement. So when you do fail, that's an opportunity for improvement because obviously you were weak at a certain thing. So um, those are some of the key points I want to leave y'all. So it's like when your body malfunction, when you get sick, that's letting you know something is off. Exactly. High blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, all of that, you know, stuff that you can actually control. Why do I have this? Okay, well, maybe I need to start doing more of this. Maybe I need to start drinking more water. Maybe I need to start exercising more. Um, one of the quotes from the book that I would like to hit on is, if you work on yourself first, as Faraday did, developing a solid work at the end organizational, organizational skills, eventually the right teacher will appear in your life. So as you continue to work on yourself, as you continue to crush those goals, you're going to run into a teacher, a mentor, an individual that's going to lead you in the right direction so that you can continue to level up, even when it comes to relationships as well. You know, it, some people out here, they're like, hey, I, I want to find my soulmate. I want to find my lover. Well, first, work on yourself and they'll come. They waiting on you. You better preach this afternoon. <laughs> Those are my takeaways. I hope you all enjoyed this book as much as I did. Uh, invite someone to the book club. Uh, we got about 188 members. And um, I mean, for the ones that are available around 12 o'clock, this is the time to really start improving you know, uh, on yourself and in your business as well. Um, they, you may have value that you would like to add. You may want to have a conversation with us, you know, in regards to, you know, the books that we read in or anything in general, hop on zoom, come, you know, have a conversation with us. And, um, uh, we would love to get some of the value that you have as well. All right. Uh, and most of all, we growing y'all, we learning, we growing and we reaching heights together. And the next book is Principles. I thought I had it beside me, but the next book is Principles. If you do not have it, go and get it. The link is in the chat. Mr. Highlight, do you have anything else for us? Well, now I'm just going to say, don't, don't let these books catch no dust. Keep them active in your, you know, all the books that we read so far. Um, I would say to continue to read, continue to stay. We, what we have read so far, we read uh, Think and Grow. Oh, power! I mean, power the subconscious mind. Thinking, grow. Four agreements. Four agreements. Your next five moves. Seven habits of highly effective people. Science of getting rich. And we just finished mastery. And I would just implore y'all to just continue to read these same books. Like, think about what he said when we were reading uh, the science of getting rich. Don't read anything else that don't go along with these books. If it don't go with it. If it say anything like you know money is money ain't everything, it's, it's more than like that ain't the book we need to be reading right now. It, mastery don't say nothing in here about you can't get it because you know of where you grew up at or because it don't say nothing about that. Uh, uh, the power of subconscious mind, you can have anything your mind wants as long as you go get it, like it, not make sure that you go back and continue to read these books and continue to pour into yourself continue you ain't got to meet up with us at the book club meet up with anybody else that you met in the book club read it with your family uh who's reading think go rich with the kids the other night like those would be some powerful memorable moments like you'll be surprised at how great your kids can read 
and they'll be surprised about the stuff that they're reading about. Like if I was reading Think Grow Rich when I was eight years old, that would have been, you know, so the mindset would have been so different. Totally different. I, I can see that. So I just want to say everybody just continue reading these books. You ain't got to read it from cover to cover. Now you know exactly where to go, especially the part where he said understand. And they got that little red line on understand. <laughs> Definitely make sure y'all go hit them parts again. Put you a little tab in that thing. Get you a book club. Uh, bookmark. Book bookmark, you feel me? And uh, yeah, so I'm excited about the next book, but I'm definitely going to like reflect. This weekend, we're going to the beach. So I'm going to take this book with me and I'm just going to reflect on it and I'm going to soak up some more mastery and, and keep it on my mind and keep on, you know, striving for excellence and, and getting a higher level. So, yeah. I know that's right. Yes. All right. So hope you guys enjoyed those takeaways from Mastery from the Higher Learning High Life Book Club. And when I tell you Mastery is a phenomenal book, if you do not have that book by Robert Green, go out and get it. Matter of fact, what we're going to do is place the link in the description so that you guys can go and get the book. Yes. And if and when you get, get that book, make sure you guys tune in to the Higher Learning High Life Book Club. We are, we are on Facebook. Make sure you come join, come, we share, we grow, we learn together. So it's definitely a great community to be a part of. All right. So this has been another episode of the Come Join the Highlight Podcast. I am your co-host, Mr. Highlight Films. And I am Tramika Hawkins. We'll see you guys next week at the same time. And in the meantime, between time, please don't forget to put some respect on your mind. Hey. <laughs>